a teacher who is a woman, is here to share with the brothers about sensuality and what women want from men. And we are here to learn on this edition of Frank Relationships. You're listening to Frank Relationships with Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Yes, as always, those are my babies. Thanks for getting Daddy started. Mwah. Spirituality and sexuality teacher Sasha Cobra is with us today. And Sasha, I'm, I'm curious, what is a distinguished man? Okay, so a distinguished man for me is basically somebody that is distinguishable from all other men. And in my years of having done this work in 10 years, what I basically broke it down to as far as what distinguishes a man from other men is his understanding in what I would break down into three categories. And that is his understanding when it comes to sexuality, really understanding what sex is about as a healing tool, as a tool for spiritual development, transformation, for clearing psychic toxicity, really understanding what sexual energy is about and how to make love to women in a way that opens them up and supports women in being the healers that they came here to be on the planet. So that's one aspect. Then he must understand all things around male-female dynamics and relating. Because for most men, they're still functioning very much out of how they relate to their mother and it keeps them very much small, disempowered, and really locked into very unhealthy patterns when it comes to relating in general. And then the other part, of course, is spirituality. So for me, spirituality is what does it mean to really speak your truth, live your truth, be your truth, and just be totally in alignment and integrity with yourself as a man. And in order to do that, you have to understand the conditioning that has been installed and programmed into you to unravel that because a way for a man to really be of service to women and this is how a man would distinguish himself from other men is is a man being of service to women to children to humanity as a whole by assisting the unraveling of the conditioning that is systematically programmed to everybody in society so when a man has understanding in those three categories, I would say that he's very distinguishable. You've said a mouthful. <laughs> so each of those three points, I mean, those can we we are hopefully going to talk about each of them, and they each of them could be a show in and of themselves. Yeah. And uh, let's let's dive in. How does a man make love to a woman? Oh, you, you're about to you're about to jump right in. Hey. So, <laughs> the first thing we, what we that we have to look at when it comes to sexuality and lovemaking is what has gone on on the planet and in society. Okay. And just to start off, before we even figure out how does a man make love to a woman, you have to look at how have you been relating to your sexual energy in the first place. Okay. And when we look at society, we've got two energies. Those two energies is repression, meaning you've got religious dogma, you've got sex being a taboo, 
And then, of course, on the flip side of that, what creates the flip side of that is perversion. Mm. So it's very rare to come across a man that naturally feels and responds and expresses his sexuality. For most men, his sexual expression is very much a mental stimulation, mental arousal, and really what I'm going to call mental masturbation. Mm-hmm. that in no way has anything to do with the women that he's having sex with, connection, energetic flow, or utilizing this energy to really understand how to use it for the greater good, you know, for, for himself, for the women, and really for the planet and raising consciousness through this expression of sexuality. So when we look at, you know, how is sexuality expressed nowadays and what are most men infatuated with mm-hmm. so you you tell me let me bring you guys into this conversation Happy how do you relate to your sexuality at this point what what drives you as a man what moves you what is the way that you have been relating to sex up to this point in your life there there are many levels of answers uh, so when you say up to this point in life i can take it back many years and say a big butt uh mm-hmm. Big tatas, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a pretty face. You can easily mm-hmm. say that. Um, move it if you move the bar. If you move the the, I guess the the timeline. You can say I would say I, I can say, um, the the pleasure and the satisfaction of the woman. Um, connecting with her and even even in a more slow and in many ways intimate and creative fashion there's there's so many there's a lot of ways to answer so but there's that's there's plenty to chew on just there so you know Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you for sharing that for one and for two you're absolutely right in that for most men at least at some point in their life, their infatuation or how they move into sex is through some kind of mental visual phenomenon. And nowadays, especially, you know, porn is such a huge aspect of our sex education, especially for younger men Mm -hmm. or younger generation as a whole for women as well. Mm -hmm. That programming teaches you how to feel through the idea manufactured in your mind, rather than actually feeling in your body. So one of the first things that I find in coming in contact with men or assisting them in having greater pleasure in utilizing sex for creativity, for self-empowerment, and all these other beautiful things that life has really created as gifts of what it means for us to be sensual, sexual beings. The first step is to get a man to feel. Because the pornography and all the ways that they have been being in their life, really having nothing to do with sex in the first place, teaches humans, and the reason I'm saying humans is because this is true for men and women, it teaches them to stop feeling, right? So we're born into a society from day one, you're told what to do, what you can't do, what you're supposed to do, be quiet here, say this when you don't want to speak. So you're all the time taught to go against your own energy. Mm-hmm. 
that way of going against your own energy creates a separation and creates you having to create coping mechanisms and survival mechanisms to not have to feel so much so you can force yourself to go against your own being. Oh. So now you come across a man that has had a lifetime of running from feeling, and then you expect him to show up in sex to feel fully, it can be quite an obstacle. So for a lot of men, their way of expressing their sexuality is like trying to jump over, skip over, run over, being able to feel deeply in the body, and instead figure out a way to not have to feel, but still, quote, enjoy their sexual activities. How might feeling look? Feeling would look like that one would be bringing attention to their body to feel every little sensation and every little subtlety of what's going on inside. Now you tell me, and you know, your experiences of sex and for all the men that are listening to this, how often are you making love to a woman in a state of no mind with all of your attention and presence primarily focused on the head of your penis while inside of the woman, feeling for every little subtlety, every little sensation, every movement, everything that's going on inside of her? Well, is that, because, is mm -hmm. that the only interaction that's happening? I mean, you're talking about the head of the penis. But there's so much more interaction. Our skin is touching, chest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so much more. Why would that be the only place of focus? And that's why I'm saying primarily. The reason why I'm saying primarily is because the head of your penis is the one that's inside the woman. Now, we have an epidemic of women not having orgasms at all. Mm -hmm. Then there are women that have had orgasms by themselves masturbating, but never with a man. Mm -hmm. And then what is more common is a woman that's had, you know, possibly if she's had an orgasm with a man, it's through clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. But rarely ever are women on a regular basis confirming that they're having sexual pleasure to the point of having vaginal orgasm. Mm -hmm. Now, if the sexual interaction is an energetic phenomenon, which we don't really cultivate it as that. But if it is an energetic phenomenon, then what you need to do is bring energy into it for the woman to feel. Now, for a man, men are much more, um, because of how they function sexually and because of how their genitals are structured, a man can get his penis rubbed and feel something. A woman is much more frequency-oriented much more energetically oriented. So for her to feel an orgasm rubbing the walls of the vagina doesn't really do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Friction doesn't really do a whole lot for her. She has to feel energy being built up in the vagina to get her to a place of orgasm or orga orgasmicness at the least. So then the question is, how do we bring energy to the vagina? Okay. Well, your awareness is the guide for your energy. So what do I mean by that? Wherever you place your attention, mm -hmm. wherever your awareness goes, energy flows. Yes. So when you bring your awareness to the head of your penis, 
Now all of your energy rushes to the head of your penis. And that is what the woman responds to. So when you are really present with your, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, your healing wand, your magic wand, because see, a penis is really a tool for love. Mm -hmm. That's where a man loves from. This whole concept that, you know, people say, oh, men are always thinking with their dicks. I beg to differ. Because if men really, you know, quote, thought with their penises, if they were so connected to their penises feeling that, there would be no sexual abuse happening on the planet. There would be no rape. There would be no crossing of boundaries. And this whole hashtag Me Too movement would not be happening. Because the intelligence of the body is way more integrous than anything that your mind can come up with. Mm. So if a man brings all of his awareness to the head of his penis, he brings all of his loving energy to the head of the penis. That's what brings orgasmic pleasure to the woman. Now, what we have is men are not doing that because, you know, like you said, they're infatuated with certain looking ass, certain looking tits, certain looking face. So all of their energy is either focused on the visual stimulation where they're looking, meaning all their energy is pouring out through their eyes. And if, have they, if they have their eyes closed, most of the time they're just creating the same visual effects. They're either picturing the same woman that they're with, which is an interesting phenomenon, right? I hear that all the time, that for a lot of men, rather than being present with a woman that they're with, they will actually fantasize about her while having sex with her. Hmm. Okay. Which is not because the same as being with her. Say that again? Which is clearly not the same as being with her. Exactly. Exactly. And so what women are experiencing is this total lack of connection and really a lack of energy, because that's what the woman needs to have pleasure. Now, it appears to be that men are on the better side of the story because, you know, they're ejaculating. So it seems like that they're receiving sexual gratification and the women are the ones that are hurting in this situation. But it's really that the men are hurting as well. Because the moment that a man disconnects from the depth of pleasure that the woman can pull him into, he's on his own little island of a very minute, tiny fraction of what he's capable of feeling. Hmm. So, okay, so as I'm listening to you, I'm saying to myself, well, most men are going to say, oh, I don't have any trouble feeling, and I put all my energy into the head of my penis when I'm making love, and then women are going to say he's got so much energy on the tip of his penis, he can't keep it erect because <laughs> it's going to blow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't know if, I don't know if all men are going to think that, and, and I'll tell you why. A lot of men think that they're feeling, but if you tell them to take out the fantasy, mm. if you tell them to close their eyes, and get rid of any mental stimulation, any visual stimulation, any thoughts, ideas, him looking out at the woman, you take all of that away and you leave him to feel, wow. it's a quite unfamiliar experience for them. And you know, one of the, I say kind of really quick examples that I do with a lot of men when I'm sharing this, because a lot of men will say, yeah, of course, you know, I have my penis, I use it, of course I feel it. How can you tell me I don't feel it? So I tell them this, okay. So as you're sitting there, you know, and Frank, you're there, so as you're sitting there, 
Can you feel your right foot without moving it? Just there on the spot. Can you feel your right foot right now without moving it? Um, yeah. Yeah, great. So you see how you have to do something internally, right? You bring your mm -hmm. awareness into your foot mm -hmm. to feel it. Mm -hmm. Now, can you do that with your penis without touching it, without looking at it? Can you find your penis? Can you feel your genitals with the vibration, vitality, aliveness, movement, energy in your genitals without touching it? Yeah. Jeff, Great. what about you? That's <laughs> ready to say, Jeff. So, I've been doing it through the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a beautiful thing. Now, what I will say is that 99% of the time when I lead men into this really simple reflection of their body, they say, I don't feel anything there. Mm, really? So most men are totally disconnected energetically from feeling that part of the body. And, and why? You know, we can look at it for so many reasons. Even with this hashtag Me Too movement, you know, it is so one-sided. And what is it creating for, for people, for, you know, as this movement of rah, 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 you know, women's liberation and women are being abused by men? No one really talks about how men are being abused by women. <laughs> no one really talks where that's coming from. No one talks about all of the manipulation that women do and how they are not maybe sexual predators, but are love predators. I don't even think women think of... We have been talking about it on the show. Love is predatory, though. It's called but marriage. I'm calling it a love predator. And let me, let me just break this down and explain a little bit okay. why also men have been very disconnected. Okay. Oftentimes, they grew up in a family where the mother really cuts off the man's balls just from the start. And she cuts off the man's balls in many different ways of making sure that she's always there to step in to tell him what he should be doing and what he should not be doing without ever really creating the space for him to discover and learn to trust to navigate for himself in his life. So that's one way of cutting off the balls. But another way is all the programming that goes on around don't touch your penis, that's dirty, that's bad, and a lot of shame and guilt that very, a lot of men carry when it comes to sex. And I also want to make a little side note because I have worked with men that say, no, I don't have shame or guilt. But then you start to work with their body energetically and you energetically start to open up all the blockage that's around the genitals, all the tension that's around the genitals. And for most men, they cry, they mm -hmm. yell, and they have a strong emotional release of all of this false beliefs and programming that they have collected unconsciously and have been carrying in their lives that is keeping them from really being able to feel and respond. Now, for a man, his genitals are his positive pull in the body, meaning that's a part of the body that generates energy and that outputs energy. It is your the, the center point of your manhood, that's where all of your confidence comes from, your power comes from, decision-making, clarity, initiation, guidance. Your sense of self is there. Now, if you have mothers that tell little boys to stay away from being connected to their genitals, what the mother unconsciously is really doing is disempowering him and forcing a disconnection in him from the place of his body that will give him all the value, worth, 
decision-making clarity and all of these qualities that will grow him to be a strong, powerful man. With the, the tip conversation that you've been having, with the power there, is it, is it enough to just concentrate on the tip while it's inside of her and not moving? Or does it come with the, the in and out motion or whatever motion? The friction? The, yeah. Yeah. Well, so first of all, let's talk about this. When I said tip, what I'm really speaking to is the whole penis. Okay. Of course, focusing on the tip because that's the part that's going to be reaching out to the depths of her. Right. It's just like if you had a flashlight, there's more light coming off of the place where the light bulb's at. Mm -hmm. But it also creates light all around. So what you're really looking for is to create enough energy in the penis that it, it becomes this vibrating, alive experience for the man as well. So it's all about so, the batteries. Frank. What's that? <laughs> I said to him, I said, so it's all about the batteries, Frank. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, let that be another part of it. I got thrown off right. a little bit. Oh, I apologize, out. Sasha. Okay, you were saying, no, you were saying it's like a flashlight. And that the majority, even though there's more to the flashlight than the light coming out of it, because you were talking to him about even though you are referencing the tip of the penis, yeah. you're talking about the whole thing. And yeah. then Nancy made and a bad joke. And the question was about whether it's in stillness yes. to generate energy or through friction. Right. Now, we're not speaking about friction, but we're also not speaking about a necessity to be still. Okay. Now, what does that look like? Your way of making love is you have to make sure that to have energy in your penis, you have to bring energy with your awareness, right? Like we spoke about. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're doing has to be just slow enough for your awareness to follow every millimeter of that movement. So it's not to say that it has to be in stillness, but for most men, the moment they start moving, they actually disconnect from feeling the subtlety of the movement. There is no right or wrong about pace. You know, what I always communicate to men is you just have to make sure that your movement is slow enough not only for you to follow every subtlety of the sensation, but slow enough for the woman to do so as well. Because the moment that the pace is picked up, your awareness may not be able to follow that movement at its full capacity. And the moment that that happens, there's less energy. You take your awareness away, you pull the energy out. Hmm. Okay. Well, we have uh, we've gone deep into the interview and we've missed our kickoff. So, <laughs> welcome to Frank Relationships. A show I know, you guys, you guys were saying there's going to be an intro. I'm like, you sure you want to open Where is it? <laughs> welcome to Frank Relationships. A show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom, conversation, and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various social media incarnations at franklove.com. 
If you're listening to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us. And via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also, if you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share it with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Greetings to my super-duper co-host, Nancy Goldring. Greetings, Frank. Are you still the consummate generalist? For the moment. Okay. All right. Well, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Today's guest is a well-renowned teacher with a focus on spirituality and sexuality. Known internationally for her unique way of using orgasmic energy for healing and raising consciousness, she shares her work globally via workshops and private sessions in what is now over 20 countries across five continents. Able to fuse her deep sensitivity to energy with a loving, direct, and in-your-face approach, she goes beneath the surface of each individual and sheds light on the world of the subconscious and all of those conditionings attached to it, especially those around relating and sexuality. Her work is solely for those who are courageous enough to explore their vulnerable and hidden places with a commitment to transform their lives from the inside out. So, if you, like me, want to know how we nurture healthy sexuality in our children, without encouraging the expression of that energy too soon in their life experience and how she sees the landscape of relationships changing and evolving. Then stay tuned as your Frank Relationship Team talks with spirituality and sexuality teacher, Sasha Cobra. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Frank. Well, you've already (laughs) moved in, so it's not really... (laughs) thank you before we go any further i want to check and see what's going on in the news sasha please don't be bashful we certainly want you to weigh in in fact you can throw anything out there you might might feel like chatting about right okay all right you 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 got anything sasha i'm not gonna put i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put the heat on you i'm gonna just say you could throw something in but nancy's gonna take it away what you got nancy I was just thinking, uh, actually, I was thinking about something that you're probably not going to want to talk about, which was just this um, list of do's and don'ts that uh, Harry's wife-to-be has to uh, comply with for his grandmother. For his grandmother? Yeah, for the queen, queen. yeah. And And I thought about how, on some level, we all kind of end up with that list. It may not be as long <laughs> as the Queen's <laughs> list, but there are these these do's, don'ts, and expectations. Not so different than what Sasha was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you want to participate in this family, if you want to be a part of us, this clan does things a particular way. And you might have to give up some part of yourself. Well, what are those things on the list? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. It just popped into my mind when you said throw something out there. So it wasn't like you read an article no, or something. I, or I heard only it on the saw news. the caption. Of what? Of, uh, what's her name? She's not Kate Middleton. What's the girl's name? I have Harry's, no idea. Harry's fiance. This is one thing. I mean, it's interesting because we do a show on relationships right, and right, that's what we right, you know, right. I mean relationships is w- or what it's I do okay. but 
What do you have? I don't care about the the. I didn't say I the care. Couple. I mean, I, but I care enough to talk about it. You know, okay. To Even Sasha's it. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Frank. I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I don't think I care. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. I'll the, say. So, so what do you? Megan have? Markle. Megan, Megan Markle. Markle. That's her Thank name. Thank you. Thank uh, you, uh, Jeff. Do you know what this list is, Jeff? I'm looking it up now. It says how life will change for Megan Markle when she marries Prince Harry. Yes. And it's actually not very new, but it's to be expected. I mean, she's joining a cultish, well, she's joining a, uh, <laughs> a cultish, I mean, royalty. Yeah. 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 Of course yeah. there's going to be. So there's protocol. List. But yeah. some of it is like she has a mandatory hug with the queen every day. Okay. Clean out, chastity belt, lock. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. What do you have, Frank? Let us get okay. on with it. All right. Uh. <laughs> uh, all I know is this. For me, that that conversation is actually so much deeper Mm -hmm. than what you actually would read in the news. Because they try to fluff it and say, oh, okay, this queen is making guidelines for this woman to get married. There is so much more depth to the situation of what this legal contract and coming into this royal family means Mm -hmm. that you will never see on the news. Mm -hmm. But you may find it with some conspiracy theory videos, and that will probably be much more accurate and true rather than, you know, any social media thing that you get. Because that can of worms is, um, it's it's deep. And if you really study what, you know, if you do your research and you really understand what's going on on the planet with all of these royal families, it, it's not anywhere close to the normalcy of what we think family getting married and all that, you know, Hollywood bullshit that's fed to us is about. <laughs> mm. Mm. I would say you would probably find just as much craziness in just the American presidency and the, I, I mean, yeah. the what the government actually does, how it functions, and it's it's got to be just as fascinating. And I, but I agree, Sasha, with you with what you just said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it's, you you start looking a little bit deeper, you know, into what the royal family is and how that whole structure is created, and really what their intentions are. I mean, people really have to be educated, and this is what I'm saying: with a distinguished man is. If I come across a man that has done his research and has understanding about what the fuck is going on on the planet, that man to me stands out incredibly. Mm -hmm. And what I, you know, I find that little girls like toys. Little girls like a guy with a nice car, a guy with money, a guy with a six pack. Women love intelligence. Mm. It don't matter what the man looks like. (laughs) If he's bringing knowledge and quality to her through spiritual intelligent thought-provoking information that will make a woman's vagina wet (laughs) way way more than all these other little toys that girls get caught up with well damn (laughs) that's that is beautiful that's a mouthful there you go (laughs) uh did i say that That you did you did (laughs) (laughs) onward oh yeah yeah So I did what not. I'm saying, you know, distinguished man, you, you got to understand what is going on on the planet. Because yeah. 
everybody's caught up, everybody's confused, mm -hmm. everybody's been fed the same dogma and the same bullshit. So if you can come across a man that will help you get yourself out of all of that, mm. you bow down and you say, oh, my God, thank you so much. You're God to me. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's the most humbling experience to come across another human being that not only has that information, but the patience and the love to share it. Mm. And if that is around, you know, what's going on in the world and then you take it into relating and you meet a man that actually understands relating enough that he doesn't put up with your shit. He doesn't put up with the little girl things. And he's also gotten himself out of the little boy activities. You got yourself a beautiful man. And if he can take that into the bedroom and not follow your, you know, desires to bring in dildos and vibrators and hump you and, you know, chunk, choke me, spank me kind of thing, if he has some understanding he will totally refrain from getting pulled into your little desires that don't even give you pleasure and actually bring you qualities that will bring you to womanhood. That's a distinguished man. Damn, Frank. she preach it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you getting on your knees, Nancy? What is <laughs> Not at all for the reasons <laughs> you might think. <laughs> Help oh. us, Sasha. <laughs> Here comes Jeff. <laughs> no, I'm actually a little confused, okay. Sasha. And I'm and and uh, this is coming from a very innocent place, maybe ignorant. No, but don't believe that. No, no, no. It is innocent <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, because Sasha, do you advise, consult, help, analyze men who feel that they are having problems in with sexuality or in in the bedroom? Or do you consult women more often? Because it sounds like in your analysis of men, there's really this gaping, it's a wrong word. Maybe there's this <laughs> lack of understanding of women, which you apparently possess, on what to expect and appreciate from men. From a distinguished man. From a man yeah. who's yeah, exactly. his own man. Yeah. What yeah. I, before she answers... I'm going to jump out there and say, I believe what she's going to say is that is it, it is incumbent upon a man to bring that to the woman. Mm. Go, Sasha. It's on you. Okay. So a couple of things. One is that I have had, I've been doing this work for about 10 years okay. and I have dedicated the majority of all those years to solely working with men and I just opened up the work recently to women as well so that part is there but why have I focused on men and it's because men are natural guides and leaders and it's not to say that women cannot guide and lead but when a woman is guiding and leading as I am you know even speaking with clarity and structure those are the healthy masculine qualities in me that are able to be cultivated in me to share but overall, men are leaders. So if you look at the dynamics and relating, it's much more organic and natural for a man to teach a woman. Now, why do I say that? A man can actually sit down a woman and say, hey, this is what's going on. Boom, boom, boom. This is how I do things, blah, blah, blah. And a woman is naturally receptive by nature. So even when you look at partner dancing, right, men lead, women follow. Of course, there are exceptions, but overall, in all partner dancing, historically, men lead, women follow. 
So if a man has knowledge and understanding, even in sex, if you think about it, the man is the one doing the sex. So it's a lot easier for him to know how to make love and just bring that experience for her to receive. For a woman to lead and guide and teach a man, it's an art form. And I say it's an art form because she has to understand how to lead, guide, and teach from a receptive place. Mm. So if a woman comes into a man's life and says, boom, 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 this is how it's done. I want you to do this, that, and whatever, that already throws off the dynamics and the relating because she's taking the male posture and throwing him into a posture of a woman. So it's a lot easier for a man to bring the awareness to really set the structure the caliber of the relating from his side rather than the woman doing it. And of course she can, you know, I look at my relationships and men that I have interacted with and there is a way of doing it, but it's really an art form. It's such a different process because she has to be much more patient, receptive and do it through ways that are not doing it through ways that are indirect Mm -hmm. rather than direct. You mentioned Number two in your in the three of listing uh, the listing of three different uh, characteristics of the distinguished man. You said an understanding of all things around male female relating, and mm-hmm. I'm sure what you just said falls under that category. What else can you What else can you bring to that? Oof, I mean, there, it's it's so much that. I mean, I I will share what I can, but I want for you and for the audience to understand that I'm actually writing a book, and one book's just about relating in itself. One book is about sex in itself. So there's just so much information and detail to all the intricacy of these dynamics, starting with, you know, the most blatant one that I will just share that will help any man out is look at how you relate to your mother. Whether it's how you relate to your mother in present time, whether she's still on the planet or not, or whether it's how you related to her. And then look at your relating with women, your partner, the women that you have sex with, just women in your life, and see how the way that you relate with the women in your life is how you related with your mother. So what does that look like? Are you hiding Are you scared to speak out? Are you pleasing? Are you going out of integrity and out of your truth to do what you think she likes to get favors, right? So when we're children, the boy will do whatever he can to please the mother so that she cares for him, loves him, gives him affection. Now you get into adulthood and most men will keep their mouth shut and be totally compromising themselves just to make sure they're still getting pussy. Mm. So that quality of how you put yourself in the little boy posture is going to show up with how you make yourself be a little boy with women. Hmm. And not even and how, really realize and, and it. Without realizing, you say? Yeah, well, I'm just thinking if, if, if a man's mother, just like a girl's father, is that first place that he learns to engage women, then it's not altogether bizarre for that to be his default and yet I can't think of of where a man should be getting that information it's not like there isn't somewhere else for him to get it and yet as I as I listen to you I'm like okay so 
how is he supposed to come into the wisdom of how to be fully and authentically with women that are not his mother when he doesn't really have any model for that? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and this is definitely what's happening to most people. And yet you still have your higher intelligence. Okay. You know when something's off. Yes. You know when you don't feel good. You know when you're compromising yourself. You know when you want to do something, but you don't. Or when you don't want to do something and you force yourself to. Okay. So you know, because then what ends up happening is that you create these kind of coping mechanisms of hiding, running away, escaping, pulling away, distancing yourself, you know, and finding all kind of different escapisms, whether it's fantasy in your own mind, whether it's you going out distracting yourself, whether it's drinking, whether it's um, drugs, whether it's, you know, smoking weed has, has become a huge thing nowadays. And for me, it's like, you know, for, there is no right and wrong. So people can do what they do. And for me, what I always look at is what's the attitude. And marijuana is a huge part of our culture and is growing and expanding as being a huge part of our culture. But why does everybody love smoking weed? I don't know. I don't smoke it. And right. I've never smoked it. It's a good Not question. even once. So I'll tell you. Let, let me tell you from my own experience. Okay. I used to smoke a lot of weed at one point in my life. Mm -hmm. People love smoking weed because it makes everything be cool. Chill. Everything's okay. Everything's all good. Mm -hmm. But now... Uh, and uh, let, me, let me share just a little example with you. When I smoked a lot of weed, I was in school. I was in university. Mm -hmm. And I remember speaking to a good friend of mine about marijuana and defending marijuana and saying, no, I like it. You know, it helped me out a lot. And at one point, I actually dropped out of my university, so I never graduated. And when I was speaking to my friend, I said, you know, if it wasn't for me smoking weed, I would have never done my homework. I would have never gone to class and I would have never gone to work. Because my smoking weed gave me enough kind of ease to actually do activities that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And so my friend told me, well, it probably would have been a good thing. You would have saved yourself a lot of money if you dropped out sooner. <laughs> okay. And I remember that perspective and it just clicked because I was thinking like, here I am defending smoking mm -hmm. when really what smoking was doing for me was having it be okay for me to be out of alignment with myself. Right. It was okay for me to work a job I didn't want to work. It was okay for me to do homework, studying shit that I didn't want to study. It was okay for me to go to class and sit in class when I didn't want to be there. So if I actually was not smoking weed, my spirit would have been so loud, it would have said, you can't do this anymore, much sooner. <laughs> And you could have gotten on with the business of living your life. Exactly. In exactly. a way, it felt good. So yeah. what I see, you know, the reason why people love it so much is that you got a lot of people hating their job, being a slave to the system, being in relationships that they don't want to be in, you know, dealing with family members that they should not be dealing with. And so they're smoking weed because it makes everything be okay. Mm. Well, and all right. We're legalizing well, it because yeah, we got growing. more stuff to make people okay with that they typically wouldn't be okay with. Well, the bottom line yeah. is the effects of THC and marijuana yeah. turn repression into perversion. 
Oh, wow. And that's exactly where Sasha started this conversation. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with repression versus It makes you relax. Yeah. And nine-tenths of what she's been talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, Sasha, have to do with the Mm -hmm. mental state that you're in continually, not just in a sexual situation. Right. It's mental. Mm -hmm. How you Uh, approach any problem, how you get through life. Physical is, is what happens later. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Hmm. I I just know this, that people's spirit is loud. And we get trained from the moment we get here to stop listening to this higher intelligence, to stop listening to our own being that helps us navigate and really live out our potential and our gift. And what we have learned to do is find even more ways to quiet that connection to hearing our spirit. Hmm. So when we can take out, you know, different substances and escapism, even, you know, scrolling through Facebook, that's an escapism. It absolutely is. If you cannot sit with yourself, and this is why people run, right? Because the moment they sit with themselves and start to feel, all they feel is, I'm pissed off, I may be sad, I don't like this, I don't like that in my life. Well, that's a beautiful thing to feel all those things. Because all those feelings are there to help guide you in a direction that will bring you joy, bliss, peace, happiness. Mm-hmm. It reminds and me. And so, what you if, just, if we, oh, sorry, go ahead, Frank. Well, what, you, what you're saying reminds me of a conversation that I had with my daughter recently, my 18-year-old. And she asked me, did I drink coffee? And I said, no. Uh, if I'm tired, I want to feel tired. If I'm sleepy, I want to feel sleepy. And mm-hmm. I, I often don't take pain relievers because if something hurts, I want to feel it. And right. it, it helps me to address that issue instead of going Suppressing even deeper and taking yeah. more yeah. coffee or, or medicine. Yeah. Or, hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't take any painkillers. If I'm in pain, I immediately go to my body and I go, why are you hurting? Mm-hmm. What have I been doing? To get you to be so loud in getting my attention. Mm. So I don't want to numb out the intelligence of my body. I welcome it and I go, wow, I've been hurting myself. I'm so sorry that I've been doing this to get you to a place where you have to be so loud with me Mm -hmm. by giving me pain. Mm -hmm. So then I self-correct. Self-correct. A good friend once said that God will whisper to you. Until you continue, well, and, unless you continue ignoring it, when you continue to ignore him, then he roars. Mm. And that's. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I say. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Beyond our basic urge for sex, how does, how does sexual energy move inside of us? Well, r- really, let me say this first. Whenever we say the word sexual energy, we immediately think of sex. Mm -hmm. We immediately think of something sexual. So if you were to think of sexual energy and then have some picture that you have to think of to represent that, it'll be something that involves what I'm going to call like a pornographic image. Mm -hmm. Okay. But really, you are sexual energy, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Like everything that you are made up of is sex. Because at one point in life, two people came together. They had sex, 
and you were created in that. So you are literally a manifestation of sex. Mm -hmm. That means that your life force, just the energy that moves through you is sexual energy. So how does sexual energy move through you? It's, how, it's, who you it's are. more of a question of how does energy move through you, period. Mm -hmm. And the answer? And, and the answer to that is that for most people, it's very much obstructed by unprocessed feelings, by false belief patterns, by uh, conditioning, programming, and all this junk that we've collected in our lives. So when energy starts to move in us, in most cases, it never really has full access to our bodies because we don't allow it. Mm -hmm. And when we look at, you know, just the body in general, including, you know, for the listeners and for you guys here participating in this conversation, you can pretty much see and experience how do you breathe? Do you breathe fully? Do you allow for life to move through your body, through your breath? Because most adults don't breathe fully. They look like they're barely breathing. They're so constricted in their body. They have different holding patterns in their body. So it doesn't really allow for this movement. Now, sexual energy moving through an open body is fully orgasmic, pleasure, blissful, ecstatic states. And that's really what the state of living ought to be. Meaning if we allowed for our natural energy or our life force energy or our sexual energy, because it's all the same word, or I mean it's all the same thing with just different words, if we allowed for that to move through our body, then you would just be joyful at the state of being alive. And that's what you see when you see a two-year-old walking through the rain or jumping in a puddle or chasing after a butterfly. Mm -hmm. That joy of being alive. You know, I oftentimes say that the most orgasmic humans on the planet are children. Which, ah. which raises a question. How do you bring this conversation uh, to children? How do we nurture healthy sexuality in our children without encouraging any perversion yeah. Yeah. Or, to, or the expression, as I said earlier, of that energy too soon in their development or life? Great question. So if we, if we speak about this sexual energy as something that moves through the body, that it needs to have a natural way of feeling and expressing it, and we also talked about how adults have all of these obstructions in the body, like unprocessed feelings, conditioning, false belief patterns, then your job as a parent, you know, it's not to have the sex conversation with kids because at that point they're so disinterested, they don't know anything about it. The only thing they know is, how does my body feel? So what you want to do as a parent to maintain this natural flow of this sexual energy, this vibrancy moving through their body, is to make sure that you don't create these obstructions for them that really have nothing to do with sex, which is, you know, all the ways that you hinder them from expressing their natural flow. If they want to jump in a puddle, how many mothers go, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> don't mess up your shoes. Don't mess up your shoes. They want to be laughing loud, running through the house naked, and you go, go put on some clothes and be quiet. Mm. Right? So you're actually shutting down their sexual energy through all these ways that don't have anything to do with sex. But the, isn't and then they that... Get to adulthood, and then you wonder why they're unable to really feel the sensuality move through their body for them to really express 
express it in a natural way. See, if, it's, if a child stays connected to knowing how to feel, to knowing what feels good for them and what doesn't, then they will grow to be a very healthy, sexually healthy being. That means that when a woman gets together with a man and something doesn't feel good, she will know and she will say something. And mm. same is true for the man. So how do you keep your kid from standing on the table at the restaurant, for goodness sakes? Or you don't? You just let them get up there and go nuts? <laughs> well, it, it's not so much about that. I just really feel that if you create enough environments and opportunities for children to be more expressive, okay. it doesn't build up where Focus. they have to have these outbursts of being unable to stay still. I got it. What I, I totally get my that. translation of what she just said is focus yeah. on the expression ex, uh, instead of the suppression, and that doesn't mean you never tell them sit down and hush, but right. it does mean you consciously check yourself and say, "Is this an opportunity for them to express themselves, and can I stand it? Can I <laughs> can deal I with? It? It? Can I deal with it? Yeah. Or, and let and and you work to deal with it before you try to shut them down." Because it sounds like if you give them enough opportunities to fully self-express when you get them out in a public place and you say, listen, this is how people do it here, they'll comply. Hey. Exactly. Because it's part exactly. of the adventure then. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other part that I feel that many kids that start to act out, mm -hmm. act out due to a lack of presence from authority figures in their life, meaning wow. their parents. Okay. Okay. What brings peace to any human, really, because if you think about it, we are, you know, adults are just ch children in adult bodies, because most people function out of an emotional state of a five-year-old. So what you're really looking at is all of us are children, and we know what brings, that, that soothes our soul, right. right? You know that. You could be, have a partner. You could have your lover, your wife, husband, whoever you've got in your life, and when they are not present with you, you start to act out. Mm. Yes. Right? Yes. The same is true for children. If you give presence, undivided attention to a child, it's like the most soothing experience for them. It grounds them. It makes them feel loved and nourished so it doesn't create a lot of anxiety in them. Cool. What do you want men to know? Beautiful question. I want men to know that they are so needed on the planet. It is so important for them to show up and that they must know their role and the importance of it to find tremendous value in what it means to be a man and what it means for them to bring that value to the world. And I'm saying that now especially because there is just an enormous amount of inappropriate, unhealthy, feminist bullshit going on in social media and everywhere else. And what I find is that it creates a lot of men. And I've heard these stories. Men go, you know what? It seems like women has got it going on. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here. Mm. I don't know what my value as a man is because now women are independent. They can bring in the money. They have their own careers. They seem to, you know, empower themselves sexually with whatever dildos and whatever else they got. So what is, what is my purpose here? 
And what I'm saying is that, men, you, you've got to step up. You are needed more than ever because all of these feminist women that are doing the rah, rah, rah thing, they're like screaming out for help. Mm, so in some <laughs> Even sense, though it doesn't seem like it because the, no matter how powerful a woman is, no matter how clear the woman is, even, you know, with me speaking, it seems like I know what I'm doing and whatever. And at my deepest yearning, mm. I love to have powerful men around me so that I don't have to do these things, so that I can relax and really fall into my feminine qualities, to really enjoy the pleasure of what it means to be a woman without having to be a woman and a man. Right. And what so, do you... No, go on. So, so all of these women that are really taking... And the reason why I'm saying the feminist movement right now is really unhealthy is that these women are not promoting femininity they are promoting masculinity yes. unhealthy masculinity yes. in the female body yeah and living that strong. creates a lot of disharmony between men and women it disempowers the men and it definitely disempowers the women and that's what they don't realize you you can never have a pleasurable experience not being who you are and if you are born into a female body, and of course there are exceptions, so you know, just know that there are exceptions to every rule. But for most women, you know, if, if you're born a sheep, your greatest experience in life will be being the greatest sheep that you were ever born into, not necessarily trying to put on a lion's costume. <laughs> and it's not to say that one is better than the other, it's to say that we are different. Men and women are different. We have different qualities, and that's the beauty of it, because it's meant to complement one another. It's not meant to compete against one another. Here, here. Well here. Said. Yes. You got, a, you got a good book you might recommend, uh, and it might be, well, we haven't even talked about your books. And so, so okay, a couple questions. Tell us mm -hmm. about your books. Tell and share any book that you found to be good, whether it be fiction, nonfiction, by someone else. Okay, so as far as my books go, they're in the process. Okay. So hopefully, I'll have at least one of them published before the end of the year. But they're they're in the works. As far as books written by other people, there's different books that I use for different reasons. So okay. one person that I I basically will call soul medicine for the soul is anything written by Osho. And he's who's a spiritual special. Teacher. He's powerful. Mm. Yep. Okay. So Osho's my man. You go to any of his books, to any page in the book, you're you're gonna get some medicine for the soul. And then as far as books about sex, there's a an author named Diana Richards because there's a lot of books out there about sex and most people that write those books I don't even think they know what they're talking about <laughs> so I was waiting and, for that and, no and I say that because a lot of people nowadays see the thing nowadays with internet and with all this information is that no one really needs to master anything right. they just get online they study some information and they become an expert they write a book based on other books they've read mm-hmm so there's really a lack of in-depth exploration through life's experiences and then a sharing of that through a book, which is what used to happen 100 years ago or even 50 years ago. Got it. And so nowadays there's an enormous amount of books coming out, but 
and I'm sharing this with you because a lot of the people that are sex therapists, sexologists, sex gurus are my clients. And a lot of them never even had an orgasm, contrary to popular beliefs. You know, it's amazing how many people teach about sex, but have never actually experienced certain states themselves. Right. So Diana Richardson is an author that I feel like I really, really resonate with as far as understanding the energetics of sex and beautiful author. Anyway, Diana Richardson. And then um, there's another book by a man named Barry Long called Making Love. It's a very small book, but I feel like every man needs to read it to really understand the state that we're in when it comes to lovemaking on the planet and the pain that both men and women experience in their lives because of this lack of love, physical love, between man and woman. Okay. Movies? So that's pretty much the books that I would recommend. There's also another author, um, and I may be totally mispronouncing his name. I actually don't know how to pronounce it, but I imagine that it's Teun Mares. It's spelled T-H-E-U-N-M-A-R-E-S, and he's got incredible books. He, he writes a lot a lot of things based on the Toltec teachings, but he has a book, one for men and one for women. And it's beautiful information, beautiful information about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. Okay. Any movies? Um, I recommend staying away from movies. Oh. If you want to. <laughs> okay. I mean, m movies are cool yeah. in a way, but you, when you watch movies, you really have to have a discerning eye because what they do in movies, it's a really good way to program people such as music. They will give you things that are beautiful and they will give you a lot of other subtle things that you take into your subconscious unconsciously and play out that will go work against you. Got it. Hmm. You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we've been talking with spirituality and sexuality teacher Sasha Cobra. Sasha, please, um, one thing we didn't talk about, what, what are you up to these days? What am I up to? Well, I'm in the process of writing the book. Mm -hmm. I'm always doing private sessions. And the thing that we didn't touch on is this way of using orgasmic energy for healing the body. And... So I have kind of built up a reputation of working with people energetically in such a way where I can really bring a human, and I say human because it works for men and women, to an orgasmic state without physical touch. So I do private sessions in person and also by phone, where people can have a full body orgasm by phone, you know, from across the planet. How do On the they other reach side you? of the planet. So... The sessions are available, and I also do workshops and retreats. Mm -hmm. So all that information is on my website. It's sashacobra.com. That's S-A-S-H-A-C-O-B-R-A.com. Yeah. Cool. And you can always find me. I'm all over. I, I travel all the time, so I speak at conferences. I'm, I'm everywhere. Okay. Where, where are you now? Where is, what's home? Um... I haven't had a home in 10 years. Okay. <laughs> I literally just travel worldwide everywhere. And just this year, for only this particular year, I've made a home base in Mexico. But I'm in and out all the time. Got it. Got it. Okay. Along today's journey, we've discussed 
penis power? <laughs> I say. Yes, yes. We've discussed the repression. We've discussed repression, perversion, and expression. And we've discussed what it means to be a distinguished man. Thank you to my co-host, Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer. And thank you to my guest, Sasha Cobra. You have been great. I hope you <laughs> thank you so much. And thank all three of you for having me on the show and sure. having this beautiful conversation. Thank you. Ashe. Ashe, yes, indeed. <laughs> I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging out with today's ensemble. As always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that'll help you create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash relationship F love on Twitter at Mr. That's M.R. Frank Love or at franklove.com. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, make sure you like us there and via iTunes. Make sure you subscribe so that you can receive each week's show this is frank love Without